0: Hey, Tony. So um, I'm really excited to talk about Scroll Back Saturday. Yeah, it's something that we've talked about it for a while about revisiting some of our favorite podcasts and guests.
1: Yeah, and um, it's it's just a great opportunity to, uh, again, to revisit those guests as well as on um, some of our favorite topics that we've done. Yeah, so a lot of times people just get caught up with
0: the current episodes. This way they get a chance to listen to uh, some of our favorites. <laughs> some
1: some some pre-me and you. Right. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> they'll, they'll see how horrible we are and how... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge us on Saturdays. How we're not as bad, but still bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so silly.
1: All right, man. So, so listen, it's Scroll Back Saturday and uh, I, we hope you enjoy this
2: episode. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Jen Plank. Chris Barron is, uh, there's there's nobody like Chris Barron. If you've ever met him, the love you feel instantly. It's like a warm moment, like from the very first handshake. Um, You know, he looks people right in the eye and he really listens to um, he listens to you, and he takes the time when people have a question or a challenge to explain it to them until they get it. And you never feel dumb; like he always makes you feel like you're safe, and it's like a very loving learning environment. And um, it's super cool. Uh, he Chris is um Chris is one of the most humble people I've ever met. But he's got more hustle and more game than he likes people to know. You know, he's constantly in re- reinventing his education presence in our industry. And he's gone from like, you know, platform artist to session trainer to really somebody who if you have the goal and dream of being an icon or a legend yourself, please allow him to show you the way. And when he shows you the way, it won't be his way. Chris has the ability to shine light on your like path of to greatness. Like he becomes the spotlight on you. The second you come in contact with that man, he becomes your spotlight, your raving fan, your crowd, your sound crew, your mentor. And, you know, he's been in my life now for, geez, over 20 years from teaching me how to mix shades EQ properly, which clearly that worked out great. So thanks for that. Just kidding. Uh, To how to be a better platform artist and better presenter. And I've taken his center stage class with Sammy and it was like, it was just amazing. But my favorite moments with Chris are when you're sitting on a stool next to him, not at the show, but like after the show. And you're telling him a story about a conversation that you may have had or how maybe he changed your life. And, and he really listens. And then there's that real exchange of gratitude. And so when I think of Chris Barron, I think of passion, love, humbleness, and just gratitude. He's got such gratitude for everybody that he's around. And he just doesn't realize that he's changing everybody's lives. The whole time he's expressing his gratitude that really we're the, we're the really lucky ones. So yeah, Chris Barron's pretty iconic and legendary and uh, he's definitely one of my favorite people.
1: Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my buddy, Tone. What's up, Tone? What's up, homie? Hey, so uh, we got another
0: legend on the
1: line.
0: I know. I know. I've been uh, stalking him and, uh, you know, trying to get to know as much as I can about him uh, literally mm-hmm. 24-7 over the last uh, couple of weeks just yeah. so I can, uh, you know, when you when you have somebody like this on your show, you want to try to just just get an ounce of what he
1: knows, you know? He I, just, you know what? That's it. That's you know. it, right there, right? I mean, he's got so much knowledge to share and so much knowledge to give that you, know, you just hope to absorb, like you know, just a wee little bit, just a wee bit there. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I think I, I mean I, we can sit here and stutter and, and 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 not say his name for a long time, but I think we just bring him in. He's here. He's ready to talk. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Mr. Uh, Red King Global Artist Chris Barron, welcome to your day off.
3: Uh, it's a pleasure being here, guys, and uh, and hello to all the fans that you have a day off. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: Great, buddy. Thanks, man. We are out, and and you know, it's true. We're super excited to have you have you aboard and 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 for you to uh, to share with us. You know, you know, a one percent of one percent of 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 what you know.
0: Right. I let. Well, we'll get into that later because there's a couple of phrases that 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 you say that just just rings to my soul. You know what I mean? But but before we get into all that, uh, where are you from? Where
3: where did you grow up? Well, let me, let me break down my life into probably about, I don't know, 20 words or less. Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, (laughs) Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Victoria, British Columbia, New York, New York, and now in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, that, that's that's kind of the, the the rapid fire of where I've been, where the locations of where I've been in my life so far.
1: And what did uh, did, did you start hairdressing in? I'm not going to even try to
3: repeat one of those Canadian names. <laughs> did you, start <laughs> did you
1: start hairdressing in, in Canada.
3: It, well, you know what? Let me give you kind of the history. My history in it is um, the the reality is is that uh, most people. I think there's two types of people in the world. Uh, there's those type of people that break the world into two types of people, and those that don't. Uh, no, there's what I there's what I call there's the hairdressers that that are hairdressers because they wanted to be a hairdresser right from the square one. You know, the dog, the cat, neighbors' kids, their own hair got all cut. And then there's uh, the one there's the ones like I was in that I just fell into. Now, quite frankly, I didn't want to be a hairdresser. Uh, my mother was a hairdresser. I uh, I figured I couldn't get fired. Uh, So it was a great way to start my, my initial start after I went to Marvell beauty school in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan (laughs) was, uh, and that's one of those names. Only the people that were from it can say it or spell it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
3: uh, I went to Marvell beauty school. And, uh, when I got out, I, um, I was in my mother's beauty, beauty salon, the the new fashion beauty shoppy, two P's, two E's, (laughs) very continental. uh, (laughs) Um, Pink, blue, and green frock wallpaper, oh uh, four-chair salon, and uh, very masculine. <laughs> and and uh, I was probably, uh, I'll put it this way. If I would have been an owner and saw me at that time, I would have ran as far away from me as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Because all I was worried about was parting my brains out and getting in at 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, being a bit hungover and going to work bleary eyed and coming to work late, and I, and again, the only reason I didn't mother didn't fire me as I wasn't, uh, she wasn't there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that was my journey, and then I had a pivotal moment uh, after I was about, I'm going to say about a year into it, uh, and I'm talking fifty years ago now, so this is a while back. So forgive me if I'm off my months. <laughs> But I had a a girl that came in and sat in my chair, one of the few regular clients that I had. And she said to me, Chris, don't cut my hair today. And I said, "Uh, why? Probably the most stupid thing that I ever said. And she said, because I'm going to Montreal to get a good haircut. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, pause for dramatic effect. Uh, But you can imagine the emotions. And I went through them all. And uh, I hated that woman. Uh, I absolutely hated her because of, you know, the, uh, the, the self-esteem that was just drained out of me, the embarrassment, the, um, you know, and it was all pointed at me, not at her. But I just yes. didn't see it at the time. And the reality is I hated that woman, but I love her now because that woman changed my life. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, you had to make a decision to either, you know, quit or get off the pot and do something with it. And that's kind of when I got. She, she made me get into education.
1: How close were you to walking at that point?
3: Uh, of- yeah. I, you know, at that time, I just, I was about three years out of walking. I was 16. I had, I had 13 really hard years at the beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. No, but it was, that woman did change my life. So that's when I got hooked on education and uh, started me off on kind of the, the career of of uh, competition because it was, uh, first of all, I mean, I, I, I mean, I go back a step because at that point, then it was, uh, I needed to get some training and I, f- I need to figure out what that was. So that's when I moved out of Humboldt, went to Saskatoon, uh, worked for uh, a salon uh, called My Fair Lady. <laughs> and uh, no, got, and, uh, this uh, brothers owned it. I worked for one Hugh and, and he, uh, they had two Hugh and, uh, oh God, I can't believe they've forgotten his name um, and the two brothers, one had. One, I was in one salon and he was going to fire me because I couldn't back home hair and make it stand up. <laughs> and the, but I always loved hair cutting. So I went over to the other salon and I cut the hair for the owner of the salon and he styled it. And, and then I went to a, um, I went to SC golden company was a distributor. And I went there one day watching a show and, uh, and the owner uh, came on stage and said, hey, we've only got two people entered in the haircutting competition. And I went, I'll take third. I'll take third. So and <laughs> I got a model and, uh, a model and uh, went back. And apparently there was about 30 plus other people that were willing to take third as well. <laughs> and, and just by chance, I, I guess I won. And that and luck of the draw, I got second place. And that got, kind of got me hooked on competition work and yes. so then I got I just went from there to naturals and it, it kind of escalated up from there when that and I think that's when the education bug and I quite frankly guys I don't want to make this about awards because it's not about rewards and it's not about that because quite frankly there was just 35 other people that just meant I got second out of 35 people not mm-hmm. that I'm the best hairdresser in the world mm-hmm. but when I did it it made me it, it made me aware of things that I needed to do in order to be better at what I did,
0: wow, yeah when i when I was listening to that, uh you know sometimes words can make or break people, you know what I mean, and obviously it uh made you check yourself and you wanted to uh prove her wrong and uh and obviously there's a competitive side to you, you know, yeah. cause, uh the competition yeah. Uh, you know, but you, uh, challenged yourself to be the best that you can be. And obviously that, um, uh, you know, you said it's not about awards, but obviously, you know, you're a two-time Naha award winner and there's more than 35 entries on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: you know I mean?
1: <laughs> it's not but, about awards, but <laughs> yeah.
0: I own uh, them all. <laughs> the Canadian hairdresser of the year award. Uh, but, uh, it's, uh, it, it's quite impressive when, you, you know, someone, uh, you know, challenges you. And, uh, and, you know, it's up to you to whether to to give in or cave into that or stand up to that challenge and uh, try to be the best that you can be. And uh, that's, you know, you did that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. You know? Yeah.
3: Thank you. I mean, the, you know, I, I, I guess I have no, first of all, I, I think awards are great. I mean, we've got Naha coming up, the the mirror awards in Canada, the Canadian awards in Canada that we have. You know, the reality is I really encourage people to do it, but you know, do it, do it from the face of, I mean, if anybody goes into an award and said they don't want to win, they're a liar. They wouldn't be going in in the first place. You don't enter a competition without wanting to win. Um, And you should go in with it. But the reality is, is you're not going to win every time. And quite frankly, often, uh, I think that what happens is, is that um, everything that I've kind of done along my way is accidental. I always say that I've, and I'm going to use the word the top, and understand when I say I've failed my way to the top, what I mean is my top. Not, I'm, I don't put myself above anybody else or anything. I think it's about challenge yourself about uh, where, excuse me, where you want to be. But the, the point is, is that I think awards are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? is unfortunately what happens, I don't think the people don't remember you if you're a finalist. They only remember you if you're a winner. And I will tell you, yes, I've had a great opportunity. I'm humbly honored by being able to uh, win some of these awards, but I've lost more times than I've ever won. You know? <laughs> and that's what I say you've got, because every time if you, if you lose, then you, um, you, you have to look at it. What did I, what, did, what was I doing? What was I doing? What do I need to improve upon to make my collection better or to make me better, whether it's career or personal better? I, I have another great friend I, I've in my ears and I've quite frankly, 50 years last year on July 1st, actually this for July 1st, July 4th this year, uh, will be my 51st uh, year in the business. And, um, uh, I've had a great many teachers, mentors, uh, Don Matlack, I don't know if it was a a friend of mine. He's been retired for years now, was a Red Can artist. And um, he had the opportunity. He went to a leadership convention one time. This stuck with me. He was telling me how he sat by uh, this gentleman uh, in the audience, didn't quite know who he was. But, you know, when the speaker stands up and says, we have some dignitaries in the room, he stands everybody up. And all of a sudden, he says, we have Peter Vidmar in the room. Peter Vidmar stood up right beside Don. And I don't know if you guys remember Peter Vidmar, but I'll cut to the chase. The 1980 uh, Russian Olympics gymnast, uh, the highest at that time, the highest medal count of any uh, gymnast ever. And mm-hmm. if I'm, if I think if I have it right, that he won three gold and one silver. And they introduced him that way. And when they went to break, Don went up to uh, Peter. And they we're standing in line getting for coffee, and, and he said to him. Uh, Peter what it was what was it like winning uh, three gold and one silver and he looked back at him Peter looked back at him and said Don you don't win silver you lose gold and to me that kind of stuck with me forever that you know is that it's not about so much the winning and the losing but when you, if you're gonna lose, if you call it at that, if I'm losing a silver, quite frankly, I was willing to take third. I don't know where that puts me in that. <laughs> bronze. But, yeah, bronze is good. <laughs> but the reality is, is that what are you doing to get better every time you do it? And uh, to me, I, I think of it this way: this is kind of the technique that I have, and I'm going to, I'm spouting off. off hopefully, I'm going to all sorts of platitudes. Uh, I have no idea what that word means. Uh, I, I use at least, you know, seven words a day that I don't know what they mean. It makes me sound really, uh, in, uh impotent. So, um, <laughs> my but you know, my teacher, you know, I've always said my teachers about, I've learned so much from my teachers. I believe that you have to have teachers around your mentors around you. Quite frankly, I pay my paying my, I pay for a coach and, uh, my coach told me about this the one time and I went, here's what it is, is that when you have to learn when people are learning, whether it's hairdressing or business or whatever it is, you have to learn to copy first. You got to learn to copy first before you can be original. If, If you think about a cover band, you know, bands they play, you know, they learn their stuff, but you tend to learn other people's stuff by replicating what they do. So you understand how all of those parts fit together. And, and and he put it to me this way. I mean, if you take a look at, there is four stages in your in your um, ascent to creativity, and and it's really a based on your the learning part of what you do. Getting from learning to copy in order to be creative, there's four stages that you have to go go through. And it go, they, here's the four stages. I'll give them to you and I'll explain them lightly for you. It's awareness, mechanical. Natural, and then creative. Awareness, mechanical, natural, and creative. And it goes like this. First of all, you have to become aware of what, that, of what you don't know. I mean, most people know this this as I don't know that I don't know. And then all of a sudden, one day, you, you have this, uh, this session. You go, oh, my God, I don't know. Something happened, and you try to do it. And you say, oh, my, I don't know how to do this. That's be- becoming aware. Then what happens is you learn it. And then you have you go into what's called mechanical use. So, for my hairdresser friends out there, whether it's design, color, finish, business, whatever, is that you'll take a haircut, a color, or whatever, and you try it. But you're very mechanical about it. it you've learned how to do it, but you have to think about it. And this is where it, like it gets, your brain gets exhausted because you're trying to do it right. It can often lead to some frustration as you're going through and making mistakes. Is this making sense so far?
0: Oh yeah. yeah. yeah
3: my, my
1: so first foil said, "I threw a mannequin across the room." Yeah,
3: yeah. Or, or how many times have we seen that uh, people are learning? They're in. They're, they put themselves into a, an, a hands-on environment or an awareness where they, or, or where they get them to do something. They thought they were great at what they were doing. They have a great clientele, but all they're doing is just learning one thing different. And all of a sudden, they just they get frustrated, or they cry, or they break down, or worse still. They throw this stuff down and say, I'm never going to do this again because they failed at one time. You know, <laughs> And you think of it, if we did it like that, we would never learn to walk because, you know, walking, learning to bite, we had to fall down. We had to stand up. is making sense so far.
0: Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, just, so, yeah, I'm loving ahead. it. No, I'm loving it. I'm just sitting here in the awe, like, yeah. you know, trying to absorb it because I mean, yeah. it's amazing.
1: It's the old adage, if you fall off the horse.
3: Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so you go into Once you're mechanical – you're going to repeat that. See, now there's a difference, is when you get from mechanical, you got to go into practice. So all the while you're practicing, you're in mechanical. And you you can't be creative when you're in mechanical. You've got to get past that. So if you think about it, like Corey, you said that you threw your mannequin the first time you tried to do a foil, you threw it across the room. Yep. And then the so what happens, but you didn't give up. You did it again. You did it again. You did it again. And then all of a sudden, we can do our foils, do the haircut, or do whatever. You don't think about it. You can have another conversation. You can do it because now it's become ingrained in you. It's part of your It's part of your muscle memory. You see it? That's when you get into that third stage where natural use is. But you're still copying up to some point. And there's a trans, you're going to transcend at some point after you get into what's called natural use. And that's when you go, oh, my God, I learned this little piece and I know how this fits together. Now I'm going to riff and I'm going to do it on my own. Just like just like the guitarist that's learning how to play the guitar lick from their favorite artist. And they can copy it perfectly. And then all of a sudden they can go and they can shoot off. And now they make their own song. You know, let me give you another example. Uh, you might, and, and this, quite frankly, I'm stealing this example. This is the example that I that I learned from my coach. It was Jason Everett that that shared this with me. Uh, by the way, an amazing business coach. Uh, I, I if anybody needs help with their business, I mean, he helped us turn our business from a mom and pop organization into a real business. Uh, he does amazing things with salons and helping to turn them into a wonderful business. Uh, um, owners that are profitable. But uh, he told me, he says, when he made me aware of this, he said, you know, it's like, you know, he said, I like to cook. And uh, quite frankly, I'm proud that I did this last weekend. Maybe it was the 20,000 steps that I did at the ABS, but lost eight pounds. I'm on the, I'm on the track where I want to lose 30 to 40. I made i I'm basically it to everybody that I'm going to lose 30 to 40 pounds by the time uh, symposium hits in January. And, uh, but the point is, as he said, he, you're a great cook. And he said so you might take a look at uh, I, I want to cook a pasta dish so you do cook, cook, cook a pasta dish it doesn't turn out so you think about what you did wrong and then you go by your recipe so that now I get my recipe right and then now I'm in mechanical use so I'm I look at the, I look at the menu i I do the ingredients exactly the way that I want to do it this makes sense yep. and then after a while then I don't I just go back and I just make uh, I can I don't need the recipe I just make my Pasta dish. And then later, what I can do, now I can get into creative mode. I go, oh, you know, what would happen if I had a little more parmesan or if I took out some of the sausage and I added more chicken? Does this make sense? And that's where you get, that's how those four stages lead you to creativity. And, and going back to awards to give this back full circle, <laughs> that's the stages that people need to go to do, is to think about if you're going to enter into this stuff or just doing the business you need to do is let yourself go through those four stages and you'll be well on your way to success.
1: I think that's called the process, right?
3: Yeah. Or as we say in Canada, the process.
1: The process. The process. (laughs) They can't say process, but they can say Saskatchewan.
3: (laughs) Saskatchewan.
1: Say that three times real fast. (laughs) Say it once. Slow. Right.
0: (laughs) So, okay. When I was, um, you know... Obviously, you know the woman triggered a, something in you to to be the best hairdresser you can be. When did you realize that that uh, that you wanted to give back and uh, or be an educator?
3: Well, again, I, I, I've uh, I've failed my way to the top, and and it, nothing to me ever happened. I mean, right now I'm big, and huge on goals, but I'm going to take you before that when I just let stuff happen and uh i just i was i was lucky enough to uh, in canada i was uh, one of the first recipient, recipient to win the l'oreal color trophy in uh in canada and that guys it's i mean some of your listeners weren't even born when uh, when that <laughs> happened however um uh, out of that when i was there the uh, at, uh ted squires was the education director uh, for western canada at that time and he said to me, hey, after I won the trophy, he said, hey, do you want to get on stage and teach for L'Oreal Professionnel? And I went, oh, my ego got really big. And I went, wow, I must be really good. And I uh, got on stage and I did a show at Fairmont Hot Springs. Uh, Martin Parsons was in one room. Uh, there was three rooms and... Uh, Terry Eagle Feather Schwartz was a name from the past. Who the, these guys had rocking superstars that were they were funny and they made great things happen on stage. And then there was Chris Perry in the other room, <laughs> and the room was packed when I walked in. And I swear to God, it was only packed because it was from the overflow from other rooms that that weren't there. And I tell you, I've never been so terrified in my life. Um, I, I I picked Trims to do because they were. Pretty pretty models that they but I figured oh, I'll do a trim on stage. That went over. So by about halfway through the program, most of the people were gone. Um I got about part way through this and uh about 20 minutes in I was down to nothing at the 45 minute mark to hour mark out of a 90-minute procession. I had to have one or two people left that were that were really asleep in the room and woke up, so I had to continue. <laughs> it was devastating. So but you had to be say, okay, good, What's, this must be Chris's s starter starter kit. They kind of went, oh, that was fun. Let me do that again. <laughs> so what I, what I did at, from that point on is because I had a good sense of humor, I would just get on stage and I would just be funny. And, and, and so I could really hold the crowd. Uh, and, but what made me realize in order to become a good educator, you had to have content was I was, at, I was doing a show at the Vancouver AVA, I believe it was. And uh, that was the Allied Beauty Association, again years back. And at that time, we did three shows a day, and we did, uh, you know, for two days in a row. So you did your prep and so on. And every day, this woman was sitting right off, just off to stage left, house right, first row, right by the aisle every show, sat there all day long, and after, and the last day, she came up to me, and she said, Chris, I just wanted to shake your hand, because I sat in your classroom every day, and I went, I noticed, I saw you there, she said, yeah, and I laughed, and I laughed, and I said, you were in every class, weren't you, and she said, yeah, I know, because I just laughed, and I laughed, and I said, you stayed there over lunch, and I said, yeah, she said, I sent I sent my people out to get me lunch because I didn't want to lose my seat because I just laughed and laughed every class. And I said, so let me, tell me, if you could tell me, what was the biggest thing that you learned over the three days? She said, well, nothing, but I laughed and I laughed. <laughs> so the reality, that's when I realized all I was doing was just being a comedian. It was more of a stand-up, but people weren't learning anything. So right. that's when I learned I, I need to, I, I had to get content to teach. And that was about the time when principle-based design was kind of introduced to me. And that was with, uh, um, uh, this was, um, uh, uh, Terry Donnelly was the person that kind of brought it to Redkin to start with. And it was called compass cutting. And, uh, and then we were, uh, at that time, I believe it was Christine Schuster, um, and uh, I think Sherry Doss was involved at the time. And we got every, everybody together in a room and all of the designers got together. And we had this thing that we called compass cutting that we had to pare down and make it, take it from university level down to using terminology that people could understand and make it friendly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and principle-based design was born. and uh, And that was content. And so then we had content. What I found was, People came up to me and said, "Chris, you know, you're not the same guy anymore because uh, you're not making me laugh, and I'm not having as much a good a time as I did in the as I did before." And that's when I th- I thought I was you no. Know, if you take you back where I was, I was in mechanical. Does this make sense?
1: Yeah, totally. So I had to
3: learn the content to teach from stage. And then right around the same time, that's when Blair Singer uh, from the Rich Dad Poor Dad group was introduced to me and they helped me to understand. And I'll never forget being in his room. And he said, uh, he was talking about how you got your message across. And he said, you know, Chris, it's not about the words, it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. And that changed my life because from that point on, and that was, I'm going to say, that was at least 22 to 24 years ago. And that led me on a path to understand and I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars and probably hundreds of thousands of dollars learning about adult education and learning about the contextual environment and mixing with the content content that you had to deliver. So it makes it enjoyable. And uh, uh, I'm going to try a big word here, marmalade word, participatory for the audience. I don't know what that word means either, but I think it means get them involved. Right. Wow. And that Good. changed, that really changed my, changed me from, from where I thought I was before, as I thought that at one time that God put me on the earth just to be the best hairdresser I could be. And then I realized, no, you know, he put me on the earth to be a teacher. And, 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 and I just happen to be able to teach in the things that I love, which is hair. So that's kind of the journey. And so when you say to me, What was it like? And what happened to be an educator? That's kind of this, again, I think everything in your life is cyclical. The universe gives you something you have to struggle. And then when you make, when you have a problem and you overcome it, the world rewards you with a bigger problem that you have to overcome. And that's, so it's still, I'm still welcoming those problems. Wow.
1: That's incredible. It is incredible. I mean, what, what, two things that, um, that stuck out is that, one is how, how Chris just, how he chose the path of adult education, right? Like, I don't know. Chris, did you, uh, was that just a thought that you had? Or was that advice that you had gotten? Or you were just like, this is what I need to do um, to be a better educator? I'm not
3: bright enough to figure that stuff out. <laughs> to me, it's just, you know, to me, it's a path. And, 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 and just to follow the path. I, and that's what I think I've always done. And this, I didn't go, wow, I'm just going to follow the path. This is all what sounds like bright words I can do now. When you, in retrospect, but it, to me, it's just when people give you advice, just take it and move forward. I wish that the world was like, well, let me rephrase that. I don't wish it was because it would be way too easy. It wouldn't it be nice if, if the world was two plus two and you knew what the answer was. Right. But I think it, when you look at a path in your life that you just, everybody, it, to me, it's always going to come down to two plus two. It's always going to be two choices. I can choose this path or I can choose this path. And then shortly later, you're going to get two more fork, another fork in the road or another fork in the road. And you just choose paths, but not one isn't right. One's not wrong. And I think that's the thing that people tend to get wrong. They think one's the right path. One's the wrong path. I, when I was going to make two choices, when my mother, I'm going to take you way, way back. When I, w- when I was finished with grade 12 and I want to, and I'm going to repeat that when I was finished with grade 12. <laughs> and my mother took me to a pizza parlor for uh, uh, for a something to eat in the evening to ask me what my career was going to be. And I said, Mom, I don't know. Uh, I said, Donnie, who was her husband, was he had a garage. I, I love cars. I could be a mechanic. Uh, or I'll be hairdressing. She said, you're going to be a hairdresser. I went, okay, so I'll pick that path. You see it? And I often think about, okay, what would have happened if I would have picked the mechanic, the car, the car enthusiast? So I, I don't think one was right or one was wrong. I think your personal integrity, your personal ambitions are going to make you excel regardless of what career you pick.
1: Right. That's incredible. I know what it would have happened if you, uh,
3: if you became a car mechanic.
1: He'd have the baddest ass 32 Hudson.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I could, we could get way off track on here on cars right now. <laughs> other people will go what the hell are you talking
1: about <laughs> please google 32 hudson
3: yes uh, and 49 packard trump channeled mm-hmm. so
0: yeah i mean you know Corey and i talked to about you know just you know mentors in your life how they 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 play a huge role and obviously uh you've been open to coaching and 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 open up, you know, to your mentors. And now, you know, you're on the flip side, you're mentoring so many others,
3: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, even, you know, not even sitting in your class, just me stalking you, me trying to learn as much about you as I can outside of just the Ritkin world. And, you know, you're having a huge impact. Just me trying to just follow you, you know what I mean? Because you've done so much and you've given so much to our community and, and 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 give back to to hairdressers and 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 people alike. But thank you. Oh, thank you. I mean, you know, th- that's what this podcast was kind of in the beginning. Uh, you know, it's just we want to bring on people that truly share uh, love and inspire in this industry. Yeah, and, and absolutely. You've got done-
1: Chris definitely. Uh, yeah, he he's defined by all that. Right. A hundred percent. You know, it's great. He's, he's given so much, so much. Um, that's why he's a legend. Right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> how do you uh
0: you know for instance like this the, in chicago and, and the pictures that you've shown us were uh, unfortunately uh, our listeners can't see those they were mind-blowing how do you guys come up with the creativity of that i mean do you guys sit around in a room and and just bounce ideas off each other do you have this vision and you just kind of like trickle it down
3: it, you know the uh well again for all of those great things you said i just i thank you i i uh, I think a lot of this stuff, a lot of it's learned. Um, to me, I, I, there's so many ways that creativity comes out with, with people. And, I mean, I, I, I think people always have to look at where's your inspiration. And, and, you know, I always, you know, one there's a question that people ask me all the time is where, where is trends? Where is it going? And I'll just say, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I just, part of my language, I just make shit up. You know, but you know, and some of it stakes and some of it doesn't. And, I, and again, apologize for the word. But the 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 reality is, I think that you know, people get inspired. I I, I I'm so inspired by people who can go. You know, I look at a flower and I can I am inspired by that, or I I see a brick and a pattern and I see that 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 just them being able to say that I think it's amazing. Right. I. I can't, I don't, I don't operate that way. I, I just play. And to me, it's like, I'll take a, like, we did one piece that we did was uh, we had some screening and, and we just had the thing that uh, this girl said, um, okay, I'm thinking spherical. That's what she said. She looked at, I see the dresses are very structured. So I think spherical. I, quite, I want you to think about. First of all, this girl is not even out of school a year yet from one of our t spas. That's and we had we, we had this girl in from a tea spa. She she did uh, uh, well, a year. It's a year out of school, and she said, "I saw the dress; it's structural, so I'm thinking spherical should have more rounded movement than because of the straight lines in the in the dress." I went like, cool. So let's just think about what could we do that's spherical. So we thought about hacks, which kind of uh, uh, took us to Philip Treacy. If you got, for those of you who don't know, who uh, Philip Treacy is, amazing hat maker, uh, should should ab- absolutely research people in our industry. Know who where the past came from, etc. Uh, but we looked at that, and that's where we did this. We we took it, these these loops from braids and put them together. But we we went well. What could we do with it spherical? And we thought about loops, and then it went from loops to. Well, we could pull stuff through hair through stuff and make loops. And then we, what could we pull hair through? So it went from well, let's make a braid. That we'll make braids. We'll make a twenty-three strand braid, and then we'll pull hair through it just by putting hair in the back, crepe hair in the back. Take a cro, take a hook uh, like a rug hooking uh, uh, hook, and then pull it through. Well, we tried that and we said, well, that looks like El Toro Caca. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up with this amazing crochet look out of the braids we made, which we kept on its own. So we said, what else could we do with the loop? And then we had some just some screening laying around. You know, the screening that you have that you would put on your screen door to open and close it, and we had some of that. So we said, well, let's cut that up, and let's take a crochet hook. And remember, like, the old uh, – because we thought loops. Like, remember when you used to do the old uh, frosting caps and you used to pull – when you pull the thread through it and bleach it? And then, or decolorize, but we said, you know, you always did it at the beginning where you just go like this, you get little <laughs> loops on it. We went, hey, there's an idea. So we went, let's pull these loops through, and and it turned out amazing. And we had this metal shine in the background, and then even the metal showing with the loops in it. We just thought, oh, that's a killer. And so we made these shapes, just and then we just placed it on the head, and it, it turned out amazing. So again, bring this back when. Uh, personally, and this is just again, it's a personal opinion. The way that I operate uh, is, I just look at things. If I want to, if I want to learn a new haircut, I'll just start doing a haircut. I may not know exactly where it's going, but I just try to free my mind. Like, and this is something that I'm going to share that that I learned from Michael Cole, another one of great teachers, mentors of mine. And 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 he said that look at when you want to get to creative mode. Is you have to get to what's called create to, to quiet mind and and you have two forms of, so if you think of your brain like one that you have when you're trying to come up with an idea and you'll just say, "Hey uh, what I'm just going to go into my brain and try to find all of these uh, these ideas, and I believe you call it busy mind and so you're trying to get in there, but all you can think about is past ideas and uh, so all you're going to come up with is old thoughts. But if you can get yourself to, if you think of, I'm, all of us have them. You know, we all are creative. So if you think about when you're just driving down the road and you see a haircut on the street or you see a poster or you see an image or you're in the shower when your mind is being quiet and, and, or you just when you first wake up in the morning and you're not thinking about anything and a, and an idea comes to your brain, so if you get yourself in quiet mind, so there's nothing in your brain, and ladies, we men are really, really easy to get to nothing in our brains. Yeah, my wife says that to me all <laughs> yeah, the time. Yeah, because <laughs> we you know it's true. Because when your wife says to you, what do you think, right. you say nothing, and he'll go, he'll go, really? What are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking about nothing. There's nothing going on in my brain right
1: now. In this head right now. Yeah.
3: So, but if you can get to that quiet mind and get yourself out of busy mind, that's where you get a flow that happens. Uh, The Indian culture calls it big mind, meaning that there's nothing there, but your mind is just open to the universe. And I really believe that uh, if you give stuff away, like if you give your ideas away, then the universe, whether that's big mind, quiet mind, universe, God, whatever your source is, will give you another idea. But if you hold on to all your ideas and you're so afraid to give them away because somebody else will do them, then you'll never come up with another idea or you'll be difficult to come up with an idea. So I find the biggest way is once you got up, once you've learned something, you're done with it. I don't want to do that anymore. Give it away. Teach it to other people. And once you teach it to other people, the the universe will reward you by giving you another idea. And then it's your job to compound it, to experiment with it, and to bring it, bring it to fruition. Wow. that's I, I agree with
0: you 100%. I, I it, mean,
1: I, I don't know if I did before or not, but I definitely do now, man. We were uh, we at the Church of Barron this morning. <laughs> oh, man, I'm blown away. Chris, th- thanks, for, uh, thanks for that insight and thanks for sharing that. That's, that's incredible.
0: From behind the chair, you're, you started with Redken and you just, you stayed with Redken? I mean, you've been
3: with Redken or L'Oreal? Yeah, I started, I started with L'Oreal Professionnel and then I, I was there with, for five years. And then I, I went, but they weren't joined at that time. That transition didn't happen. It was about 1995-ish that uh, L'Oreal Professionnel, L'Oreal bought uh, Redken. Uh, but I worked with L'Oreal, a different company at that time. But there was this young upstart company that I wanted to join and uh, that was Redken back in the 80s and uh, had the great pleasure of going on. I've been with them ever since. I've been with Redkin now uh, since ninth, I joined them in 19 – did my first show with them in 1980, I believe, in L.A., and, and then I officially joined them. It was either 81 or 82 that I officially joined Redkin. So whatever that math works out to, uh, I'm not quite that bright to figure out the math in there
1: long
3: long, long. Yeah. A happy marriage yeah. ever since yeah
0: uh, i want to really talk about I, I i'm assuming this is your baby or this is uh something that you've uh that you've created is the uh uh the global peak performance system or yeah. you know, fuel education tell us about t- tell us about
3: that well let me give you a bit of the history behind that. And I hope that I'm not my uh, Charlie Kennedy once introduced me uh, as the gentleman that can uh, say in 10 words, what other people can say in one. Um, <laughs> so I hope I'm not boring everybody with this information, but uh, at all. to kind of give you the, uh, uh, you know, all along, once I kind of hit this, after I understood what adult learning was um and after I became what I would say, me, who I am now on stage, because before I was this thing that I thought I should be, you know, I would watch people around me and become those people. I had a stage persona and it wasn't being truly authentic. And so that, you know, that's where my career was at the very beginning. And once I learned about being, then I learned to just be myself on stage and to trust myself and know that I'm worthy enough. And this was conversation I had to have talk with my my little voice to be on stage. Then uh, I started to get better at what I did. And then people started to ask me to coach them personally. And and I'm going to say in the last five years, particularly six years maybe, people have been asking me, Chris, can you please mentor me? And now so I want to bring up a couple of things right now is that prior to me really understanding how to mentor, I didn't know the difference between a coach, a mentor and an idol. Because I always said people like Anthony Mascolo and Trevor Sorby and all of those great heroes and legends and icons from the past were my, were my mentors. I didn't know them. They didn't talk to me personally. They were my idols. That's those are people who I wanted to live up to be like. Right. And then uh, so I thought to me, those were all the same. And, and but I never really had a coach to help me. So I to, to all those listeners, understand out there, there's a difference, there's a difference between a, a mentor, a coach, and an idol. An idol is somebody who you want to build yourself to be like, not to be them, to be you like them. Choose the path to, of greatness that you can be on. And then you can, you can get a coach. You say, look, I want you to coach me. And generally, you're going to pay for my coach. Jason Everett, Blair Singer, uh, Michael Cole, Chris Sorby, uh, Sam Villa, I, and, and the list goes on and on and on of the people that have coached me. This makes sense to me. So yeah. I've either paid to be there or I'm a friend and then they've personally helped me and they've coached me. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and often that what I say is a coach can often be accidentally put beside you or a coach can be somebody that you'll pay. I'm going to pay you to be my coach. And hopefully after you are a coach with somebody, that's why the site that we have is coach Chris Barron. Uh, I'm going to give you another name that you should have on your program. His name is Chris Moody. He's out of the UK. Uh, he's involved with our uh, peak performance uh, uh, system as well, and he's absolutely brilliant person. The brother to uh, Stephen Moody, from formerly from Bedell Sassoons. But the the difference between that and a mentor is a mentor is somebody that you can have daily conversations with, and gives you lessons that you learn from. That's what peak performance, uh, uh, the global peak performance uh, system is about, where we have people involved with us on a yearly basis, on weekly calls, webinars, just like you guys do. Mm -hmm. And we have people that are involved with our peak performance system that we have two kinds of systems that we do. We have what we are called Learn It, which is stuff like we're doing right now. People are learning. And then we do coach it. So coach it means you have an assignment that you have to do. And it might be on bettering yourself in a presentation, it might be on goal setting or whatever. And then they have to come back and then we debrief it with them after. So those are kind of that's kind of the systems that we have behind it. So the what led to it was I had so many people coming up to me and say, Chris, can you can you please spend some time uh, coaching and mentoring me, and I said, You know I would love to be able to give you the things that I have, but quite frankly, I have two things that limited me right now. Number one is my time. I have no time because I'm on the road two hundred and eighty days a year, mm. and the second thing is is when I'm on the road and the do things that I do, I charge so in order for me to charge to to give you a day of coaching, I would have to charge you this massive fee." Not that it's not worth it, but I don't, I don't think you should have to pay that. So my personal coach, Jason uh, Everett, helped me figure out a system, and that was this GPS, Global Peak Performance System, that we could actually effectually take n- numbers of people in webinar style and bring the costs down so that everybody could get involved into a system that uh, they don't have to go through the pain the time and the hundreds of thousands of dollars that I had to spend so we can reduce. Now understand we're saying reduce, not get rid of pain. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) (laughs) There is always pain in growth. So, but we just want it to be less. We want it to be softer. We want to take the edge off of it. So you don't have to make the hundreds of thousands of mistakes that I've made over my, as my 50 years as a hairdresser, and forty forty years as uh an educator, but so right. that's what brought us
0: to that point Right. what you just said the 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 pain the uh, one of the things that uh that I watched and it get, literally gave me the chills was you saying, "Give me one year and i'll give you and I'll give you forty years of, yeah. of, of what yeah. you've done yeah. and it, it, that stuck with me. It, it literally gave me goosebumps because you I mean, you, you would definitely save someone not only hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. but the, the mistakes, the time you you've been there from the very beginning to, to I mean, you're obviously a legend and to to get somebody to where they want to go without making the the hard mistakes. And, uh, it, you know, it, it it's almost like a fast track, right?
1: Yeah. Like he's he 40 years and he's fast tracking it into one year, you know? Yeah.
3: And, and, you know, and some of the things that we, because here's the thing that happens when you're in a, when you're in a program like this, here's the reality. Anybody can learn anything online. You can go YouTube and the same stuff that I talked to you about on here, you're probably going to find in there on YouTube. You don't have to pay for it. The right. problem with some, with, with, here's what, and I'm going to give you a bit of a prediction of what's happening in our industry. Uh, and And, and I, I believe all of it's good right now, there's this massive movement towards uh YouTube, online learning, which is great. don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great there. The problem with it is you can't get your question answered. so what 's happening right now you you'll see it at hair shows. People go to hair shows they 'll watch something, but you think about it you got, you've got a question, but you can't get it. you often can't get it answered right then and there. And that's what I love about Redken is Redken always puts an environment where you can get your questions environment, even if it's on, whether it's on stage, off stage forums or whatever. But what's happening to our industry right now, we've got all of these young, wonderful kids that are destined for greatness That are just going online and learning where they can and great. But how do you get your questions answered? And see, that's where I think that there's going to be a shift. Everything is for free. That's online. It's wonderful. We're going to have a shift where people are going to get stuck, where they get caught in a loop, don't know how to get to the next phase. And they're going to have to go back. And I'm going to use a word there that I don't want to offend anybody with. Um, I've done lots of it in my life where you've got to pay. There's things that you do when you escalate yourself up. Get as much as you can for free. But if you're going to get yourself a, a coach, I, I mean, I tell you, I pay. I pay my coach, Jason. Every month. And it is a pretty audacious amount of uh, that this check is. And you know what? I smile when I write that check every month, because every week I learn more and more and more. And 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 it's just nuggets that I get that are worth its weight in gold. So that's where I think what's going to happen is we've taken, we've taken ourselves from where we're go. People are going out and spending time going to places and getting education. And they're going, well, okay, I can get it for free. I can, be, I can get it at my break on the salon. I can do it in the evenings. I can do it. It's wonderful. And I'm finding that there's less and less people showing up for hair shows because they can get it immediate. But what's going to happen is to get to the next level of my career, uh, behind the chair, as an artist, as personal development, as business, there's going to be a need where they're going to have to jump over to some place where they get their questions answered and to take them to their next level of greatness. And that's where programs like ours come in. We want PA people. And I'm going to tell people, I tell people when we, when, when with peak, uh, uh, the peak performance, the GPS program that we have, I say, look at here, if you, if you don't want to commit to a weekly program and if you're not going to do the assignments, please don't join. Cause I don't want to waste your money. Right. But if you want to get better at what you do, and you want to be able to, uh, to grow, to, to find your greatness, I'm going to put you to a level of accountability. Because there's a level see, there's, there's three levels of accountability that people have in life. You have it to self. In other words, like I can say to everybody, I can say to myself, I'm going lose 30 pounds. But the next time I go, I see that cheeseburger. I don't mind telling anybody about that cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> the cheeseburger. Okay? I just have to be accountable to me. So it's the easiest one to break. Right. And then you've got, a, you've got accountability to your teacher, your mentor, or your coach. Okay, okay, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. But I only lose face with two people. But if I announce to the world that I'm going to lose 30 pounds by a certain time and I don't show up, even though I'm going to sh- sure they're going to be kind and say, Oh, you're looking good, buddy. I that's the lar- that's the biggest level of accountability. And that's why we've created in this, not only you're accountable to you, you're accountable to me as your coach, but you're accountable to the community that you're a part of that in your goal setting and what you do and what you're, you say that you're going to do, you have to do.
0: Wow. Is there, is there a characteristic that you see in someone that, that, when you're coaching or mentoring, uh, to let you know, hey, you—they're know, going to be able to uh, make this uh, a success. Or uh, are you able to read people that way? Can you see that?
3: I, you know, I'm I'm am pretty good at that. You know, I I can usually see uh, what what people are about. But I'm, I I want you guys. I know you. Well, you guys, you can't do it, Tom, because you got you have a microphone in your hand. But you people, the people out there, if it's podcast, you can't see me right now. But I, I do, I always do this. I just put, now imagine, I want you to, if, any, if you're in the, if you're in listening right now and you might feel really silly, there might be people staring at you and they're going to wonder what the hell you did. But if you could just take your hands, take, so hopefully if you have 10 fingers, if you don't, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but put them up in your forehead so that you've got all your fingers pointed up in the air and you're going to see 10 fingers pointed up. You see it? Just like that. Okay, put them down so people don't think and think you're either trying to do your impression of a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I say is, as an educator, you have to see everybody with a 10 on their forehead. Um, that If you see them as a 10, then they will live up to your level that you've put them at. But if you, it, right now, I've got my hand up just with a 5. So if I grade you as a 5, you're probably only going to live up to the expectation of a four. So as an educator, the ones that I see first of all to my to the point that you're bringing up, I always see everybody as a ten, even if they're if they, they, they've got crap going on in their life, and I see there's some clearing that we need to do and get them through a bubble so that they can get past that in order to go on to their greatness. But you have to see him as that. So I find that people will pull themselves out of the game before I will. Wow. So if, and that to me, that's the point is as a leader, you have, you know, and again, I'm going to relate a story that was, uh, was a Blair Singer story because this stuck with me and helped me along my journey. Uh, he was doing a, a, an interview. He was doing, he had a, a weekly program that he did on air and he was interviewing John Maxwell. Uh, For those of you that are out there that may not know who John Maxwell is, I highly advise to read his books because he's an authority on leadership. And I'm going to tell you a story that Blair tells and he said, and and I know he won't mind me sharing it because he says the same thing on air himself. He said, you know, there's always this thing in the back of your mind as a leader or a teacher when you're training somebody that if you, um, do I give away everything? Like, do I hold something back so that if I hold a little bit back, they always need me for something, and John Maxwell said to him, Blair, here's the point that we have what our job is as a leader is to make people that are better leaders and better people than we are, so you've got to give away everything to them see it so when i that's my point is is when i'm when I'm taking these people in this in this GPS program, uh, and we have a number of the programs that we'll do, I can talk about them a bit, but just so I can stay on on point, is that my job is to make them better at what they do and to make them better than I am so that they grow. And I'm going to give you a for instance, and and that's why I'm highly encouraging you to speak to um, Chris Moody simply because you know he's always on stage, and I'm always get a little flushed in the face when, when he says that the things that he's learned he's learned from me, and as a coach, teacher, mentor, friend, and he's all of those to me, and it's reciprocal. I learn as much from him as he does from me. But I watch him now, and I tell you, this kid—he is just amazing—is what he did. He's one of the most inspirational uh, trainers of trainers that I have ever seen in my life. And when I can sit back and go, wow, this kid's better than I am, I've succeeded. I did. I did my job. So that's what I think is if you're an educator, if you can do that by making, I don't care whether you're teaching one person and they're your apprentice in your salon, your job is to make them better than you are.
1: Wow, Chris. Chris, how do you... um? You've lived life or, you know, certainly through the stories that you've told us, you've, you've lived life with such incredible self-awareness. Mm. You know, and, and I kind of think that um, what you're kind of explaining what the program does is to allow one to recognize their own self-awareness. Is that a fair assessment?
3: Yeah, we we really build the program on uh, what I've learned again from another one of my, again, I always show you, I'm not smart enough to think about this stuff on my own, but I... <laughs> I know if you pay coaches and you pay people to help you along, and I have another gentleman that uh, uh, out of Australia. His name is Simon Bowen, and uh, he helps Fortune 500 companies build uh, their sales models, their models that they used to teach. And uh, he, he's the creator of what's called the Genius Model. And, and to give you a little bit of insight into it, what, what a Genius Model is about is when – when people want to, like, they'll go to a. Give me, give put it in a context of hair. If you go to somebody, if you go to uh, a show and you'll watch like um, Sam Via, Chris Sorby, uh, you'll watch uh, uh, other people, other oh, wonderful Nick Stinton from, and you'll watch Hammond Carver. Uh, you will watch other these great from from all these great manufacturers that are out there, and you'll see them because their their hair that they do, the artistry that they have is amazing. You'll see them because they're like you're a Sam Via, and you're this amazing educator and you, you teach like a madman or you're an incredible performer uh, when you're on stage. And those are the things that you can touch as an educator. You can see that somebody is an artist does great hair. You can see that they're a great educator. You can see that they're a great performer on stage. So you can, you can touch those and that's what people think that they buy but that's not what people buy people buy the intangible pieces that you don't understand the ones you can't put your finger on is are when you're on stage do you feel that that person is authentic and you go wow that's just, he's talking it's like he's talking to me or she is talking to me right now you know i feel you the message that you are and you're totally centered in what you do. And again, we're back to be, just be. That's wow. what people buy. And that's what GPS is about, is we help people get in touch with what's their intangible side to bring that to the audience so they want to buy you. You see it?
1: Yeah, yeah I think Tony and I need to take a class because uh, I think I <laughs> 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 uh,
3: you'd be welcomed with open arms, my friend,
1: Chris. That is unbelievable. I mean, once again, I feel like uh you're know, at the Church of uh, of Chris again. Wow, man, that is that's a real knowledge. That's going to be the name of the podcast. What's that? Church, Church of Chris. Church Barron. of Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, I wrote down and like it was like there's always pain and growth was one of them, and then uh big mind, quiet mind was the other one. Um, but you might be right, you know? Yeah. The church of Chris Bear. Wow. <laughs> do we do we yeah, we'd have to name it Chris Bear? Yeah. Chris, that, that's amazing. Uh yeah,
0: and, and that's and so generous, right?
1: Incredibly. Um, Chris, now um, not to get negative because that's not the point at all, but you know, on the flip side of everything that you were just saying, um, do you see behaviors that kind of derail some people
0: I, I derail them from what? Well. I guess their, their goal or their, you know,
1: what gets in the way, what gets in the way from, you know, someone succeeding or someone um, not living up to that uh, full potential.
3: Little voice. Their little voice gets in the way. I mean, I've seen it. uh, Let me, let me take it from a couple of different aspects. I, I, I've, I've got it from, I'd see it in behind the chair. Uh, Well, let, let me even take it a bit further than that, because behind the chair, I think, nine times out of 10, the person that sits in your chair, if they're a good, loyal, confident client, they, they see you as a God, right? Small G. They they see you as somebody behind the chair that they look up to. They won't go away because they trust you, etc. But I, I I see it as in the, the way they interact within their uh, salon. I see it, uh, in when some people get on stage in front of other artists and, uh, I see it in, in, in big groups when people get together and I I think the biggest thing is that people start to believe their own press and well, either the press that's written about them uh, their awards all of a sudden they think it gives them uh, another level and a step up above everybody else and it's not true um, Or and I see it just to let the people let their ego get in the way and and I and I think ego is is a word that gets bandied about back and forth, and because I've heard people say uh, there's good ego and bad ego. Uh, but I, I want to put it down, and I think it's easier to understand if you put it into attitude, mindset. So it's, I'm going to leave the word ego out and replace it with mindset and attitude. And if your attitude comes from from a servant leader, then you're going to push yourself up because you're making yourself small. And everybody else sees you as much bigger. The smaller you make yourself, the bigger everybody else sees you. But when you come to a place from when your mindset or your – and that's because, remember, mindset and attitude is over on this side, is humble, it's serving, it's uh, helping people, it's uh, adjusting you, it's evolving and on the other side of, of the attitude and mindset, what people call ego or bad, bad, they got a bad attitude or they're self serving. Um, it, was, it was interesting. I was at uh, just at the ABS and ran into somebody, and then all they could do is talk about uh, here's what I'm doing next and this is what I'm doing now. And I don't want to name names because I might give it away, but it became all about look at me, look at me, 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 me. And so it's when people make themselves try to make themselves big in front of everybody else's eyes, they become smaller. So my, my thing that I is to me is think about what happens when people do that. That's what derails their career. Whether you're, whether you're in the salon and you're me, 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 me. Let me give you an instance. You just changed salons and you might've had amazing salons. You've been a, uh, a, a regular doing once a month that the red can exchange. And you've learned everything from the uh, cut and know why color and know why finish and know why. And you know, all you, you have all of this foundational information and you go into uh, a new salon from whatever reason. And there's this thing called the power model where you go from being invisible up to power. When you're entering a new environment, you're invisible. People don't know you. But if you go in and you're trying to advertise how good you are, people will say, who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. What right do you have to tell me that? You're nobody in my mind. I don't know who you are. Come on. Wow. But if you go in to serve first and they see how much information you have, then they'll ask for it. Just making sense to everybody.
0: Man, what? Mind-blowing. Yeah.
3: So if, you, but, so if you go in and then you serve first, And then now you're starting to emerge into their, into the culture and people see you as now you can advertise, Hey, you know what? Uh, They'll come up to you and say, Hey, look at, can I, what do you, what do you think about if I do this? And then you give out your knowledge. See it. So what the, the same thing that derails is the same thing that makes you bigger and it's all mindset and attitude. It's just what shift do you, what side do you want to be on? Do you want to be, on a great attitude where you're serving and helping people and allowing other people to spread your name. Or is it, what are you going to do to spread your name? Now, don't get me wrong. To anybody that's out there, that doesn't mean when you're on your social media and you don't do your bragging, do your bragging on social media. That's what helps to get to your clients and what helps to build your business as an educator. Those are all those things that we talk about uh, when we talk about uh, global peak for the GPS program. And by the way, if anybody you know, if you just go to Marjorie, M A R J O R I E, at Chris dot com, C H R I S B A R A N dot com, um, she can fill you in and give you details of what that program is about, or you can just go to uh, Chris Barron, www.chrisbarron dot com, and you can get all that information uh, that you need on there about the programs. But to me, to, t- to swing this back, that, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be very transparent. And I used to say, I'm going to be very honest, but that meant, as opposed to all the other lies I was telling you, (laughs) but I want to be very transparent. When I first was getting into uh, teaching, I did get a very big ego and there's people, there's places out there in the world that won't hire me back because uh, I was a bit of an a-hole when I went the way I taught and I was teaching down to people rather than at the same level. I was coming from a place of ego rather than a place of, uh, and, and quite frankly, is because the way I was taught. I was taught to teach that way. I respected it, so I thought that's what you do. But when I learned that what adult of uh, adult uh, learning is about, it's not about that at all. You can't. You can be critical. You can be help people to see the way of self discovery, but you just can't beat people up.
1: Chris, did you have an aha moment? Like did that, when, was there a moment where you're like, I've got to change the way, I mean, kind of like your, your, your moment to where I've got to become a better hairdresser. Was there a moment to where, you know, basically you said, I can't be a dick anymore.
3: Yeah, it was, you know, while I was doing it, I thought, you know, I thought I was just, that was the way it was done. I I went to a certain culture and that's the way that they treated you. And I went, well, that's the way it's done. So that's what I did. It wasn't until I had a, um, the opportunity again like I told you at the beginning, i I'm, I may be awareness aware, but my awareness comes generally after somebody's put me in the situation. So it wasn't until uh Christine Schuster, who is now she is now the um uh, uh global VP of education for LPPD, L'Oreal Professional Development Worldwide. And when she was with Redkin, she she was the one she was the person that helped to bring some of the people involved. And that's when I had the epiphanies. That's when I went, Oh my God, that's why I can't connect with people because people would say, I respect you. I love your work, but I couldn't connect with them because I put myself higher than they were. So I wasn't reachable. And it wasn't until that I realized that uh, when you want to connect with people, where you just have to be yourself rather than this persona that you think you have to be, you'll be, you'll be greater. You'll, your, your path to greatness is directly related to your ability to connect with your own authenticity. Once you hit that point, you will automatically connect with people and they will draw to you rather than pushing them away.
0: Mm, mm, I, I, mm. I, I just in this little bit of time i feel like i've uh absorbed learned so much uh about myself because as you're talking i'm reflecting in my head about myself and you know yeah it's you know you kind of i know it, measure it, it, yourself
3: to that and uh i, I got crazy. the chills you know we all make mistakes i mean that's the point it's just to realize them and not to continue them right right Hopefully, all, all of our listeners pulled over and was taking
1: notes, <laughs> not trying to take notes while
0: they were driving.
1: I mean, it, it is interesting. I mean, like you know, I think everything has come back to accept the process, right? So, like, I mean, Chris has had, I mean, he's given us examples of fifteen processes that he's had to go through, and certainly, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting on the way that and conversations that I've had, and um, and 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 understanding that that's a process, and that and that, and actually, Chris kind of just gave you permission. To change, right? You know, I mean.
3: I mean, we have to be our own change agents. You know, if you can, you know, I I mentioned the word earlier is evolving. Uh, And that's where, because right now, quite frankly, the things that I love, I love hair. And and I never want to take that away from me. I I think about it. I dream it. I play with it. I have millions of mannequins that, well, my mother told me, I've told you a million times, stop exaggerating. I have hundreds. (laughs) I have hundreds of mannequins downstairs and I play with, that I play with and, and experiment with it all the time. But I'm at a stage in my life right now where when I look at, there is thousands of people out there that cut hair every bit as good as I do. There's thousands of people that are out there that, that creatively, excuse me, that can do avant garde hair. That's what I love doing and creating. They can do it every bit as good as I can. Uh, But what I'm at a stage in my life right now where there's, I think it's time to shift it. Where I'm evolving into right now is this coaching training cycle where if I can help, you know, and I'm going to go right back to the beginning is if I can help people with less money, less pain and spend less time, to go through what I call their four futures. Have you guys heard of four four futures before?
1: Mm-mm. Teach us
3: those. It, most people think, I want you to think of it this way. In your mind, I want you to think of a, a linear line that goes from left to right. And and it, it looks like where you think the path that you want to go, and at the very end, I even label a box there, a little rectangular box, make it red so it stands out in your brain and put uh, future there and at the beginning of the line on the left hand side you can put another box and you can say now most people think that that your future is a linear line but i want you to think of two lines below it that make sort of a long curved line that dips down and another one that goes part way between your middle line that's linear and the bottom curved line. And so you've got two lines in the bottom. And up top, you've got one that curves up and another one. And you have to think about it in this way. You've got sort of kind of four futures that you have. One being, might be where uh, it might be where you are right now in the salon. It might be where you are as an educator. And you might, in a lot of the systems that are out there, they have different names for their system, like, A tier one, a tier two, a three, tier three, a four, and your tier one and two would be below, and your tier three and four would be above. And if you look at the linear, how long it took them to get to be an educator, and then that might be your tier one, and then you take a look at the time element that took you to get up to a tier two. I I did that to one uh, to one girl. I said, "Look at here's your you were a tier one, you're a tier two now. How long did it take you to get there?" And she said, "Well, it took me." Seven years, and I said, Well, what's your goal? She said, Well, I want to be a tier four. Now, for those of you that are that got that mental image in your brain, those two lines that curve up that might be your top tier. It might be based on the audiences that you want to teach to, it might be based on the amount of money that you were that you want to earn. And I will tell you that I am a capitalist, I am a self proclaimed capitalist. That's why I love America because it allows us to earn the money that we want to make as long as we're doing it with honesty, integrity, and and we do it all for the right reasons and it's morally and, and legally responsible. I, I believe that you can make any kind of money that you want to make. And that's why I love our industry, because it allows us to make and we don't have to worry about being just paid this amount of hour. We can do and charge the things we want to do by the growth and the learning curve we have. But I said to her, how long do you want to take you back to that girl? I said, how long do you want to take how long do you want to spend to go to Uh, that tier four and she said oh my god it's gonna at that rate it's gonna take me another 14 years to get there and that's what i said well see that's what happens in your four futures if you think about how those beginning four lines were almost parallel to one another and at the end they spread out like a trumpet but if you could take that top tier that tier four that being a really high-paid salon owner, owning your own salon, your future as a teacher, and you slide that that rectangle that was at a tier four, and you slide it back to the beginning so that your the the span that you have is reduced. And that's what I talk about pain, time, money you have to spend. And if you can bring that back so you can go through the steps that you need to do by getting the information you need to learn in order to get there faster so you can jump time. Wow. That's amazing. Futures. I, I
0: can totally, yeah, I, as I'm watching you, I'm totally visualizing. I can totally see that, <laughs> you know, and if you, uh, and if she didn't, uh, wasn't open to be co- being coach, it, it probably would take her 14. Years. It, exactly. Well, well she,
3: right. The reality is, here's what happens. I talked to you earlier about that when, if you imagine a, just a funnel, just two lines that point down into a funnel and on either side, if you imagine sort of there's X's on either sides, as you go from one level at the bottom up towards the top of the funnel is that's where the, uh, if any of the, one of those X's was a problem is when I said earlier that the, the world rewards you with a bigger problem. When you overcome a problem, that's the next X. So if you can imagine this X, that zigzag that goes up to the top of the funnel, if you have a problem that you can't get past, that's where you're going to stay for the rest of your life. So you've got to get help. And that's what happens with everything is just view uh, for free on the internet is if you, Get stuck there, you'll never get past it. And that's the beautiful thing about having problems is opportunities. I was watching a video by uh, by Gary Vaynerchuk. If you haven't had a chance to, um, if you haven't, if you're not a fan of his, get on his website. I will warn you, um, his, his expletives are not deleted. He is a boy from New York City, and uh, and the, the the swear words flow. But the man is a genius on on. Helping to build you and to understand how you got to get to the next level, and and the other day he was talking about that when people get stuck at one point they've got to get help and to move on to the other point or they're going to stuck there for the rest of life.
0: It Makes so much sense. I mean, it's so vivid now. I mean, you know, we, Corey and I, you know, I'll let Corey explain it. Uh, Gary V is one of the reasons why uh, we're doing what we're doing right now at yeah, the podcast.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, we can go through that story, should we? Let's go. It. Okay, so um, so again, Chris. I mean, uh, like like when I first met you at Center Stage, you know, um, I've, I've had these little bits of, of in my in my journey to uh, to the podcast, and 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 that was a part of it. But the other part of it, uh, or a part of it, was you know I was, kept listening to Gary, and Gary's like, start a podcast, start a podcast, start a podcast. You know, he says that on almost everything that he does. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I have nothing to talk about. You know, what am I going to talk about? You know um we're uh, and, you know I kept going back to like we're a visual um uh, career industry, so right? in- industry, so you know what what are, what can we talk about visually, and then actually, what happened was last october i uh, I went to a collaboration at B-Scene Studios in Rockville, Maryland, and um an old friend of mine, Philip Wolf, was there, and as i 'm sitting there with Philip, um all these other hairdressers kept coming up and uh, asking me I became the professional photographer of the day, they kept asking me to take a picture with Philip, right. Not me with Philip, but with them with Philip. And then at the end of the day, I was like, "That's so cool! Like my buddy Philip's a a a celebrity, right? Like he's like a honest to goodness celebrity. People uh, want his autograph and want his picture and all that. And then about a week later, it dawned on me. I go, you know what? Hairdressers want to know who these guys on Instagram, who these guys on the stage, who they really are, and how they really tick. You know and, and and I, I tell the story that, you know, when we were young hairdressers, you would see hairdressers on the stage and then next year you'd see them again and they would disappear into the back. I mean, Sam changed out a little bit, but you'd see them disappear in the back, but you never really knew who they were. And I thought, what an incredible opportunity to reach out to a lot of, um, to all our hairdresser world, to be able to reach out to them and to bring the real stories of, uh, of yeah. really, you know, we we, talk, we, we we promoted as we share the successes of Chris Barron, but really what we're what, what we want to share is that Chris's successes never came without that struggle, right. you know, and, 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 and that struggle is, I think understanding that struggle is the, uh, is to understand the process back to that word, um, is to understand the process of of, of anybody that has success. We, once you get to know somebody, you only know the end game, but you don't know the journey. Yeah. So I think, our, I think our, I think the point of this podcast has always been to share little nuggets, um, yeah when, when, yeah. when you
0: came to me, it, of course, like, you know, you told me about the podcast idea and and I'm thinking to myself, you know, we can, we can take this to a much larger scale versus just, just bringing, you know, Philip Wolf in and, and letting people know who Philip Wolf is. We can probably really share and and help educate through the Chris Barons to our community. And I was like, you know, so we just started collaborating ourselves and uh, next thing you know, uh, a couple of months later, we're, we're launching our first podcast. That's right.
3: Yeah, you know the uh, the, the real. You talk about the celebrity status that there, and I, I like to think of it this way. I like to, you know, me. I'm always the word guy. I like to think of it in a different word that makes it. Because when you think, if you talk to most hairdressers that are out there, they say, "Well, I'm, you know, I may or may not ever be a celebrity." But if you think about it this way, and you s- switch the word from celebrity to hero, and Everybody needs a, a hero. You know, the world needs more heroes. So you could be a hero behind the chair. Where you hair. you know, listen, your client gives you an autograph every time that she does it. She writes it on the check. That's your autograph. You know, and, and the, uh, I just want to relate a story that, that uh, I just feel that really grounded me and I just want to share it with people because as they, you, you increase your celebrity, a.k.a. hero status, and whatever that is, whatever that level might be, and quite frankly, I'm having trouble with the word hero right now because people might tend to think that I think I'm a hero, and no. I want to relate this story to you. Uh, I, this was years back when, uh, when uh, Mealy's Grand Rapids show. And uh, I don't know if you know Ann Mincy, uh, yeah, Ann Mincy from Redkin is is when you have she uh, at at one time she's a uh, a contracted artist as we are now right now but at one time she was an employee with Redkin and she just retired a couple of years ago and she was literally called the voice and the heart of Redkin. and when you have a conversation with Ann Mincy you you're having a a conversation you've never had before, like before in your life, because she is not in your face, but she focuses on you and you alone. And there could be a bomb that float, uh, that would explode around you. And she's concentrated only on you. And we were having a conversation like that. And 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 you are just, you're pulled into her. You're connected with her. You, you hang on every word that she says. And, this girl came up and tapped me on the shoulder. And she I turned around and she said, Chris, you're I just wanna and again I'm having trouble with even getting these words out, but I'm just quoting her. She said, Chris, I I admire you. I just wanted to come up and shake your hand, say you've changed my life as a hairdresser behind the chair. And I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've done. I watch you and I watch you everywhere wherever I go. And me being trying to be humble, I said to her, oh, you should maybe pick somebody that is higher up in our business or something stupid like that. And uh, she walked away, and Ann looked me in the eye, and she said, Chris, I don't ever want to hear you say that again because you were a hero in that girl's eyes, and you just took that away from her. And our world needs more heroes. So that stuck with me always. And I want to, whether you're a, I'm going to leave it a little emotional on that one. uh, Whether you're a hairdresser behind the chair, whether you're a single mom, whether you are uh, in your business and you have your employees around you or your educator or, you're just walking around on the street. You have ability to have a connection with people and be a hero to other people. And I, and I, I wish that on everybody is that you can just understand that no matter what stage you're at in your life, you're a hero and you have an obligation to people that look up to you as a hero to fulfill that need and to help them. So
1: That was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Once again, I, I mean, I think the only thing I've said in this entire podcast is well, wow, you know, once again, we're at the church of Chris Barron and Chris Barron just gave me a reason not to throw out my spandex, right? <laughs> 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 That's amazing, Chris. And, uh, as far as emotional, I mean, I think, uh, I think there's two other people in the room with you here that, uh, that, that certainly felt that, I mean, that was the, the only word is deep, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Hey, hey, Chris. So, um, as we wrap up, uh, One more question. And that's, um, is there anything, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, and hopefully isn't hair related, but what's Mr. Chris Barron absolutely positively obsessed with right now?
3: Pasta. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, right now, I, uh, what am I obsessed with? Uh, you know what? I'm just obsessed with training. I'm, I'm obsessed with, uh, understanding, the brain and the psyche of people to, to know what is a better way to connect with people. Uh, I'm obsessed with uh, helping people grow and get better at what they do. Uh, I'm, I'm quite frankly, and I'm, I'm obsessed even with our, uh, for years now we have uh, our fuel uh, training systems that we have and helping people with their education. I'm obsessed with, um, helping educators grow, whether it's in, with our educators that are behind the chair, educators that are in with the T's, educators with their uh, Elevate Salon Institute, any school educator that's out there that we can better our industry with is uh, that's where my obsession is right now.
1: That's perfect. Yep. Mr. Chris Barron, global redkin artist, uh, creator of Fuel, Sir, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off.
3: Pleasure and honor. And uh, I just want to say thank you for what you guys do and both of you do for the industry.